Opening day is right around the corner. We've got all the coverage for you right here, right now. Welcome inside a special Wednesday episode of Full Court Press. That's the first time I've ever said that. Henry, tomorrow, a 162-game sprint towards October begins. You excited? Absolutely. I am so pumped. I am thrilled. I have been waiting so long for a 162-game season. While the fact that we had baseball last year was super nice, it was only 60 games. But the thrill of just day in and day out watching 162 games is something I missed. And I'm something I'm really glad to have back in my life. Lately. Well, I'm glad you're just as excited as I am to get it going. All right, boys and girls, on the show today is the man who literally danced right in front of me to Stairway to Heaven, unless I'm mistaken, after the Steelers started 7-0, my man, Hendog, Henry O'Brien. You. You're welcome. Sorry I had to throw in that tease about Stairway to Heaven. You can't deny it was funny. But enough of that. It is all MLB today. We'll start out with some award predictions, division champs, then we will make our playoff picks. We'll start with the AL Rookie of the Year. Race playoff hero Randy Arozarena, another top prospect in Tampa with shortstop Wander Franco, lights out arm Casey Mize of the Tigers, and the first baseman in Boston Suture and Bobby Dalbeck headlined the candidates this year. So, Hendog, you taking one of these four or venturing outside with this pick? Well, with Rookie of the Year, for me, it's always tough because, especially in this season, because we have, it's a, it was 60 games last season. Rookies got such a limited amount of time to play, so it, I had a tough time trying to choose this. But I'm going to go with my safe pick, which is Randy Arozarena. He is definitely not going to do what he did during the uh, 2020 postseason. What he did there was something we will never, ever see again, unless if we expand the playoff, of course. But I do think Randy Rosarena is legit. The Rays will need him to be legit if they, can, if they want a chance to be in contention for the playoffs, Liam. Okay, so first of all, God forbid the MLB expand the postseason format again yes, because Christ, yeah. it got a team to the – one win away from the World Series that shouldn't have even been in the regular season in the first place. But mm. I'm going to throw out some stats for you here. Yeah. In 23 games last year, in over 80 at-bats, my candidate hit 263, eight home runs, and 16 RBIs, which is good for a home run just under every three games. He's continued it in spring training. 311 over 45 at-bats, seven homers, 16 ribbies. That equates to a little, about six and a half at-bats per home run. But you can't say it's bad at all. Now, do I think my man Bobby Dalbeck will keep up this pace in the regular season? No, of course not. But at the same time, hometown bias is undoubtedly a thing. But you can't deny that Bobby Dalbeck has been putting up numbers in his limited time in the big leagues. That's why I'm rolling with my man. Biased, yes, undoubtedly. But I think the sky's the limit for this man. And so does Jared Carabas. <laughs> of course. You always love Jared Carabas. Of course. Imagine. Of yeah. course. But uh, with Bobby Dahlbeck, I, I must have imagined, even though it was a very dreadful season for the Red Sox last year, Bobby Dahlbeck might have been a pleasant surprise. Oh, it was such a it was such a pleasant surprise. I mean, it gave us hope in probably the worst season we've had since the Bobby Valentine clown show. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. But uh, with Bobby Dahlbeck, I'll be interested, uh, interested to see, excuse me, that if Bobby Dahlbeck's 23 games wasn't a complete fluke. Because there are about a bunch of advanced stats that show it might have been a factor of a little bit of luck. Because baseball is so advanced at this point, we can kind of quantify luck. It's unbelievable. Yeah, let me 
Let me throw a name out of you. Remember Michael Chavis? Yeah. Uh, how hot he was at that yeah. point in 2019? Yeah. There are questions about whether or not he's going to make the opening day roster. It's unbelievable, yeah. The, specifically, uh, BABIP, which is ball, batting average on balls in play, is a really good indicator of whether a batter gets really lucky or not. If you're over 350, you're getting really lucky. If you're under 250, you're getting really unlucky. <laughs> Bobby Dahlbeck had a 393 batting average on Ooh. balls in play. That is way outside the luck zone. So do I think he is going to completely regress? No, he's not going to be a bad hitter. I think he's going to be a pretty good hitter. But do I think he's going to be rookie of the year? I don't think so. Oh, man, haters going to hate. But to your point about a Rosarena, I mean, yeah, it is the safe pick. But it's a good safe pick. I mean, he balled out on a scale that we've never seen yeah. in the postseason. I mean, they had, it was 10 or 11 home runs. Regardless, yep. he was the first one to hit double digits. Plain and simple. Yeah. Is he going to hit? It was over like 20-something games. So is he going to hit 60, 70 home runs in the regular season? Absolutely not. I wish he was. But, you know, he's still going to have a great year. Yeah. I personally am not looking forward to facing him 18 times a year. And I'll end on this with one point on a Rosarena. I do think I think he'll still be a good player. But again, folks, it's rookie of the year coming after a 60-game season where a lot of rookies were called up. So they didn't even play the full 60 games. But Liam... I'll, I'll tell you, prepare for disappointment when Dahlbeck doesn't win it. Hey, come on now. <laughs> now we'll move on to the NL Rookie of the Year. Cabrian Hayes of my Pittsburgh Pirates, stud brace pitcher Ian Anderson, and Marlins postseason hero Sixto Sanchez headline this year's Rooks. Liam, that's a lot of talent there, but do you have a sleeper pick in mind? Well, first of all, I can't imagine we would ever be saying Marlins postseason here, at least for the next five years. <laughs> yeah, that was but, yeah, pleasant you know, surprise, I will say know, that. I think that Ian Anderson is a cheap pick because of how amazing he was for the Braves in that regular season last year. I just think it's a cheap pick. <laughs> Plain and simple. As for Brian Hayes, you know, top prospect, your guy. Hate to disappoint you, but I'm taking the cheap pick. I'm going with Ian Anderson. Look, the Braves were within one win of a World Series appearance last year. And to be honest, I think if they hadn't blown that 3-1 lead to the Dodgers, they would have beaten the Tampa Bay Rays and gone on to win the whole thing. But, you know, that's just how the cookie crumbles. Give me Ian Anderson. I think he continues to ride the momentum he had in 2020. Well, with Ian Anderson, I absolutely love his stuff. Some of his pitches were absolutely a joy to watch. It was a pleasant surprise to see another Braves pitcher do well. It's almost similar. Well, it's never going to be the same as, you know, the late 90s, early 90s, the Braves with, with Maddox, Maddox Glavin, Smoltz. That's never going to happen again. But they have a great core with Anderson, Soroka, and uh, Max Freed. So he's a pleasant surprise. I'll just be my hometown bias. Keep Ryan Hayes. He was absolutely incredible, which is a really depressing fact. He was our best player in 24 games. <laughs> really, really sad that that happened, but he is a sign of things to come for the Pirates, and he played out of his mind. However, you could say the same thing with Hayes that I did with Dahlbeck. He got the benefit of a really small sample size, really lucky, also a BABIP over 400. I know I'm going back to BABIP, but it's a really good indicator to tell if a batter was really lucky or not or the fielding wasn't going their way. For Hayes, I'm just going to be biased and say he was my hometown guy. I mean, there's no disrespect in going towards hometown bias on something like this. Now, if you said the Pirates were going to win the World Series, that would be absolutely outrageous. <laughs> That'd be crazy. But don't worry, I don't think he's saying that. I'm not saying the Red Sox are going to win the World Series, so yeah. don't worry, you won't need to worry about that. But yeah, I mean, 
I have no issues with your pick. I don't think you have any issues with mine. And, um, and that's the Rookie of the Year award. Yeah, I, yeah. It's again, it's a really tricky thing. But I will say, I'll just like to uh, talk about Sixto Sanchez. His changeup is absolutely unbelievable. It's nasty. It was, it's nasty. It's one of the most beautiful, nasty pitches in all the game. Hopefully, he can get his other pitches like his forcing fastball. Yes, he throws it in the high nineties, which is where the game is heading. But he has lacks a little bit of control on it. I'd like to see him controlled a little better. But I still think he's going to have a very bright future to hopefully move the Marlins forward. And Sixto Sanchez has to tell Derek Jeter to stop trading all that talent. <laughs> Enough with the rookies. Let's talk some vets, specifically veteran pitchers with the AL Cy Young Award. Shane Bieber of Cleveland took home the honor last year, Henry. Is a repeating sort for the Biebs, or will a new face take home the trophy? I was pleasantly surprised by how well Shane Bieber did, because Shane Bieber, he finished fourth in Cy Young voting in 2019. A lot of people didn't realize that. In 2020, he played out of his mind. Granted, while I think he did, it was the benefit of playing really crappy Central Division teams in the AL and the NL, he's still an incredible pitcher, and I think he's going to have an amazing career. However... I do think the Cy Young Award will go to a new guy, a guy who's never won it before. It's surprising that he didn't. He should have won it in 2019, in my opinion. But I think Garrett Oh, Cole, you're going with the easy pick. It's the easy pick. He is the best pitcher in the American League, and that is not a debate I am willing to have because he is remarkable. His fastball has gotten better and better year after year. He In a regular season, like 162 games, he's going to get over 300 strikeouts. He has secondary pitches that are hard to match. He is It's the easy pick, but it's the safe pick, and it, I think it's a really it's a simple one. He's the Besides Jacob deGrom, Garrett Cole is the best pitcher in baseball. Thank you for saying besides Jacob deGrom, because yeah, no. Jacob deGrom is the best pitcher in baseball. But unlike you, I'm actually going to be a little more adventurous this one. Oh. So let me throw out a stat for you. In six spring training games this year, 23 innings pitched, this guy has an ERA of 1.17, 30 strikeouts, a whip, walks and hits per inning, per inning pitched of .87. Not bad, right? Yeah, and this guy has good. gotten better and better and better and more durable over time. In 2019, this guy put up a 3-4-1. 2020, 3-4-8. What's so about the same? But this year, I think, is the year he takes a step up. I think his team is ready for the big shot even more now than they were last year. They're all a year older. Give me Lucas Giolito wow. of the Chicago White Sox to break through and take home the AL Cy Young Award. I understand that it's bold, but I think that now that we're playing 162 games, the Yankee Stadium pitching there a bunch of times will come back to bite Garrett Cole. I just don't see Shane Bieber going back-to-back. Name me another good pitcher in the AL other than Garrett Cole, at least his star. Sale's not coming back until June. Yeah. Verlander's gone. So give me Giolito. Plain simple. I understand that it's a bold take, that's but that's what this show is made for. Hey, you know what? That is a bold pick, and I respect that pick. I think Lucas Giolito is—it's a great story. He in 2018 he had an ERA of 6.13. He was in the complete gunner. In 2019 he turned it around. In 2020 he solidified his place as the White Sox ace, which is something the White Sox needed. They haven't had it since Chris Sale, and he has been. One of the, he was one of the best pitchers in the American League last year. And, and he threw a no-hitter against my Pirates, so I got to see firsthand how brilliant of a pitcher he is. But I also I love the fact that his uh, fielding independent pitching, which is something that's uh, it's a stat where you uh, 
take the hit the stats where only the pitcher is responsible the strikeouts walks and home runs and his was 3.19 which is way above average super impressive i completely respect that pick from you liam i was i mean i think lucas giolito is a great pitcher i wasn't thinking him because when i usually pick a cy young award winner i usually go to the top tippy top so but i completely respect it and one other thing that i'm gonna throw in real quickly is it a hot take to say that Giolito and Dallas Keuchel are the best one-two pitcher punch in the American League? Oh, uh, well, let me think about that for a second. Yeah, uh, it's tough, right? It's tough to think about because even Lance... Uh, I like what the White Sox did adding in workhorse pitcher Lance Lynn. That, that, was, that was a good pickup. Good pickup. He, is, he had his best years with the Texas Rangers, uh, su- surprisingly, as the Texas Rangers were completely terrible in his time there. But regardless, Luke, Lance Lynn will fill out that rotation. I do like... We'll have to see what the Yankees two and three guys, Corey Kluber and Jameson Tyon, do. We'll see about that. If they stay healthy and they pitch to – because I've seen Jameson Tyon pitch over the years. When he's healthy, he's brilliant. And with some of the guys the Yankees have as pitching coaches, I think if he stays healthy, Tyon could be dangerous. I also it, – it, the Minnesota as well, Kenta Maeda and Jose Barrios oh, are a great – please. They're a great one-two punch. I mean, I don't know about – Yeah, how did, that, how did that work for them against – and Astros offense that was terrible in the regular season last year. Hey, Ken, hey, Kenta Maeda threw br- like brilliant innings. It was Sergio Romo that blew the first game okay. against the Astros. It wasn't Maeda's fault. He's not a god. He's just a pitcher. He is. He did absolutely all he could. And with Maeda, he really proved himself. It wasn't just the Dodgers. He is a great pitcher. Barrios is also a great one young pitcher. But I will say, it's tough to think about. It's tough to say. It might. Keuchel and Giolito as a one-two punch are in the conversation, but... Okay, okay, thank you. They're in the conversation, and I don't know if they're number one. I thank think, you. I needed yeah. to hear that. Yeah, I'm not discrediting you. I think it's a fair thing to say, but... Thank uh, you. Yeah. I needed to hear that. All right, uh, what are we moving on to next? The NL? Yes, yes sir. NL Cy Young, all right. Trevor Bauer won this award last year while pitching for the Reds. However, Jacob deGrom won it in 2018 and 2019, so, Liam, will it be one of these two, or will it be someone else to claim the NL Cy Young Award? It'll be someone with a connection to Trevor Bauer, but it won't be Trevor Bauer. <laughs> oh, I don't Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Am I thinking what you're thinking? I mean, Let's see. This, I, I, I think I know who you're talking about. We have the best rotation in baseball in the City of Angels right now. And David Price is going to be a long reliever for them this year. That's After amazing. sitting out 2020, <laughs> That it did say that David Price is going to be a long reliever for them this year. But... I don't have Trevor Bauer, and unless I'm mistaken, I made this pick last year and it didn't work out, but over a full 162-game season, it's going to work out. Tell me you're thinking Walker Buehler for the NL Cy Young Award this year. I mean, this guy is a bona fide stud. He has showed it in the postseason's past. In 2018, he did all he could in Game 3 of the World Series. He He didn't get the win he deserved that game. 2019, he got screwed over by Clayton Kershaw in the... In Game 5 of that National Series, 2020, he showed just how big of a difference he can make. Winning pitcher in two World Series games, absolutely massive towards the Dodgers' success. Walker Buehler, going to put it together in the regular season, take home the Cy Young Award this year. Uh, With Walker Buehler, I absolutely love him. He has been a phenomenal joy to watch. I mean, he... It's like the stats like show he's a very good pitcher. Like in 2018, he had a 2.62 ARA. 2019, 3.26, and in 2020, 3.44. Four. 
But the stats, I don't know, show how good he is. Because if you really sit back and watch his stuff, watch his fastball, and watch his other selection of secondary pitches, it is something of beauty. The spin rates on it are fantastic. I love that pick from you. I like that you're going bold. And those are Giolito and Walker Bueller. I absolutely love those. And let me just clarify. Bueller won Game 3 of the World Series in 2020. Mm. He should have won Game 3 of the World Series in 2018. That's what I meant with those two wins. But, yeah, I mean, we're in agreement here. This guy is overshadowed by the stars that be in L.A. Trout, even though he plays for the other team. Bats, Ballinger. Even in his own rotation. Goodness gracious. It's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. How stacked this Dodgers team is. It's ridiculous. Plain and simple. And with the whole Nets situation going on in the NBA this, <laughs> late, these days, more, more on that later this week, it's it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. But I will say I'm going to go pretty chalk. I, it's, I mean, I'm chalk for a reason. I'm going to go with Jacob deGrom because Jacob deGrom, I don't know if you noticed this, but his fastball velocity year after year after year after year has gotten faster and faster and faster in 2020 his average fastball velocity was 99 99 that is unheard of and the older he gets the faster he throws the harder he throws he is ridiculous finally he has a team around him that's worth his incredible talent i think He's going to get his third Cy Young Award and really cement himself. He's already the best pitcher in baseball, and if anyone says otherwise, you're foolish. Like, he is he is by far and away the best pitcher in baseball, and you know what? Since he's the best, I'm going to pick him. It's really chalk, I know. I respect you for going with some bold picks, but you know what? I'm, I'm just going to stay safe. Although, I will say, I do respect you for going chalk at least a little bit, Thank but you. is it a hot take to say that when it's all said and done, Jacob DeGrom may have passed Tom Seaver in Mets lore. Boy, that's tough. That's tough to say because Tom Seaver has won a World Series with the Mets, and he has nearly every Met record. It's just going to be the issue of when DeGrom passes in records. I know I don't I don't like to say postseason because a lot of the games in the postseason, DeGrom isn't playing because he's a pitcher. But he will be one of the greatest Met pitchers. He already is, but it's just going to be – how long? How much longer he can do it for? They gotta get him. They gotta get him into the postseason. This, they gotta yeah, get him into the postseason. Absolutely. He needs to be in the postseason. And with what the Mets have been doing this offseason, I like what they've done. But uh, we'll get to that later. Uh, but with Degrom, he, I think he wins Cy Young and really just shows why, again, why he is the best pitcher in baseball. Now for everyone's favorite award, MVP, starting in the AL. Last year, Jose Abreu, one of the most underrated players in baseball, by the way, Absolutely. took home the award, but Mike Trout has three since he entered the league. So, Henry, do one of these guys repeat, or will we see a brand-new MVP? That, look, I'll give you a little backstory on this. Back in the Ooh. 2020 World Series, Mookie Betts was playing out of his mind, and people were... Thank sitting, you for reminding me. <laughs> you're welcome. And CC Sabathia of the Ringer, former Yankee pitcher, of course, your favorite. Uh, said, I do. Hey, I do have mad respect for Sabathia, though, even though he was a Yankee. I will say I completely disagree on his take of uh, Mookie Betts when he said Mookie Betts is the best player in baseball. Mookie Betts is an incredible baseball player, and I know he's not in the AL, but it's important to this. Mookie Betts isn't the best. Mike Trout is the best. He is the best player in baseball. He is already one of the greatest baseball players to ever live. It's not even a fair thing to say. Like, it's totally fair to say he's Mickey Mantle right now, and he's not even 30. He is unbelievable. He's doing things we have never seen in a, like in a diamond, especially in this era right now. 
he is incredible. I have to pick Mike Trout every year. I'm a really chalk guy, so I'm going to pick Mike Trout because he's just simply the greatest baseball player ever. Or not ever, excuse me, right now. Not yet. But I will say about the Angels, shame on them for not building a better team around Mike Trout. But we can get to that in a second. Yeah, we can get to that in a second. And so I I respect you for going chalk. They're good picks. They're undoubtedly the favorites to win it every year. But I'm also going to go with an outsider here. Oh, and I, I love think, it. I, think you, I really do think you're going to like this one. So this guy, I mean, the hype he got was unbelievable. I mean... It's not what Zion's was two years ago, but I heard I saw some comparisons to it. I really did. So, in 2019, his rookie year, in 123 games, the man hit 272, 15 homers, 69 ribbies. In 60 games played in 2020, 262, 9 homers, 33 ribbies. He hasn't quite had the production we expected of him two years ago, but at the same time, Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s home run derby performance in 2019 is something that we haven't seen since because there wasn't a home run derby last year, but I don't think we're going to be seeing it anytime soon. Plain and simple, this guy is a bona fide stud. Plain and simple. And I I truly think this is the year he puts it all together. I really do. I mean, it took time for Kevon Biggio. It took time for Lourdes Gurriel Jr. It took time for guys like Telez in Toronto, but... The pieces are coming together. More on that later. Mm. And it's going to continue for Vlad G. They got into the postseason last year off the expand format. Mm. I think that helped them a lot, even though they didn't get in outright. I just think the pieces are bound to fall together eventually for Toronto. I am very high on this team. Realize that. I am very high on this Blue Jays team. I I remember the stories of Vlad Guerrero Jr. And look, he because I've heard some people say, Oh, he's like, oh, he's overrated because of the hype we were giving. Yeah, but he's still a good baseball player. He has been above average ever since he's entered the league. However, Liam, I'm going to disagree with you on this, especially because Vladdy G is probably at best going to be, might be the third best hitter in the, his lineup. Because you have, oh, yeah, yeah, you have George Springer coming in, one of the best center fielders, like recently. Put him. Let him hit over 162 games without the trash cans. We will. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I still think George. Look, with the trash cans things, I will say on a little tangent that yes, that definitely affected how the Astros played. But I still think you can't tell me you don't think Jose Altuve is a good hitter. You can't tell me like these guys have been proven that they actually were good before the trash cans. Jose Altuve hit 219 without the trash cans. Well, he over in the postseason he played a lot better, a lot better. But uh, with George Springer, he's one of the best hitting center fielders in all the game right now. And also, we don't give enough credit to Bo Bichette. Bo Bichette has been that's who I was blanking on. I yeah. meant to throw his name yeah. out there. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay if you forgot, but yeah, Bo Bichette has been a phenomenal hitter. The Blue Jays. I don't like to put it all on one guy, but it, the Blue Jays did play. Really lacked his services when he was injured throughout this shortened season. He has been in since he's come in one of the better hitting shortstops in the game. So I don't know if Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will be even the best player in his lineup. But he look, I still think he's going to be a pretty good player, and I hope he puts up a really good season. That home run derby uh, performance was something we'll we'll probably never forget. It's but again, I I don't see it for an MVP for Vladdy G. It's the upside for me. Yeah. It's the upside well, for me, plain and simple. That's why I'm going with him. I understand that it's bold. I really, really do. Yeah. So you got to respect it. Am I right? 
Uh, yeah, that's that's something bold I never even thought about. I, I Vladdy G wasn't even like in my like realm of possibility for uh, no offense, but uh, that's I I wasn't thinking about him. But uh, hey, credit versus credits due. I do love the boldness. But uh, now we'll move on into the NL. Freddie Freeman of the Braves brought it home in 2020, but the NL is stacked with an amazing group of outfielders. Will it'll be pretty tough for him to repeat, Liam? Who do you think it will uh, be? I don't think Freddie Freeman's gonna win it over 162 yeah. games. I mean, you. I mean, this NL outfielder group is beyond compare. I mean, yeah. Betts, Belich, and Yel. Betts, Gelich, excuse me, yeah. and Bellinger alone are hot. Even though Yelich and Bellinger both had down 2020s, mm-hmm. you know who didn't have a down 2020? Mm-hmm. Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts. Yeah. He is. It, this is really tough to talk about because, of course, my God, I miss him. I'm yeah. still so angry that we traded him. Tom Brady's Adana Tom Char- Brady's Adana Char- Char- and Mookie Betts all within one calendar year. Uh, yeah, all within so 2022. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, you can't got to give credit where credit is due. This man was on a tear in the postseason. Mm-hmm. I think he continues that into 2021 and wins his second NL MVP award. That, that was really tough to say. Yeah, it's hard. Mookie Betts is, I sh- should be the favorite to win the NL MVP award because he is the best player in the National League right now. Like I said, second best player in baseball behind Mike Trout. Yep, I but agree with that. The way he played the postseason, he has incredible power, incredible speed, incredible uh, defense. But I'm going to go with something different. You were saying, I completely agree with you with Yelich, Stanton, or Yelich. Stanton? Excuse me, I slipped up. My apologies. Uh, Yelich, Bellinger, and Betts. Those are definitely three of the finest outfielders in the game. But you're missing one. And his name is Juan Soto. Oh, right, Juan, right. Yeah, Juan Soto is doing because we've seen a lot of ba- – there are a lot of baseball writers over this past offseason, even before that, have been comparing Juan Soto's early rise to that of Ted Williams, Red Sox legend. And you know what? If you look at the statistics and look at his walk rate, look at his on-base percentage, he's that. He's literally that. And, and it's not even that he's doing it the first three seasons. He's doing it at the age that he's at. He's only, what, 22? 22, 23. He's 22. And if he pl- he only played 47 games because, unfortunately, he had COVID. And we saw how COVID affected some players. Of course, we can all remember Eduardo Rodriguez. That totally screwed up his entire entire 2020 but Juan Soto got COVID and in the 47 games he played out of his mind let in with at least 47 games played Juan Soto led all of baseball in batting average on base percentage slugging percentage on base percentage plus slugging percentage otherwise known as OPS he is probably the best hitter in the game right now at least in 2020 and yes again small sample size but if Juan Soto can just improve his defense and keep doing what he's doing, I think he's a surefire bet for the MVP because he is he's a joy to watch. He is unbelievable, and with the plate discipline that ha- that he has at such a young age, he is. I could go on for days about Juan I Soto. knew there was another name I was forgetting. There's yeah. also Ronald Acuna Jr. So, of course. we sit down right here today, March 29th, 2021, even though this episode got released on March 31st. <laughs> you, at, you are the GM of baseball. You have the number one overall pick in a fantasy draft that resets the entire league. Yeah. Who do you take first, Juan Soto or Ronald Acuna Jr.? Jeez, you're really putting me on the spot here. I am, aren't this I? Is, this is hard uh, because with defense, defense is hard to quantify in baseball. Hitting 
hitting is very is been quantified so much throughout the analytics revolution that baseball has undergone. I'm going to say because, I look, Juan Soto's defense isn't as uh, good, and he doesn't have the speed and defense that Acuna has. But I think Soto's hitting, his astronomical numbers that he's putting up at such a young age, and I know so- Acuna's doing the same thing. And we can look back to 2018. Acuna, you know what? Totally fair. I totally respect him winning Rookie of the Year. Juan Soto I thought was better. I genuinely thought he was better. He's just, he's doing things that, like I said, at such a young age, we rarely ever see. Like Ted Williams, Jimmy Fox, Mel Ott. That's the company Juan Soto is already in. And those guys were easy first ballot Hall of Famers. Maybe not first ballot because Hall of Fame voters are very stupid. <laughs> they can be very dumb. But Juan Soto, I'd pick Juan Soto just because of how astronomically insane he is at hitting. Well, and I'll just say, getting on base. I'll say this. Hall of Fame. If David Ortiz is in a first ballot election, Jeez. I'm gonna I'm gonna be mad. Ugh. Secondly, and you mentioned that Acuna has that Rookie of the Year award. Well, yeah. I, I'm sure Soto somewhat envies that, but I'm sure Acuna envies the 2019 World Series ring Soto has yeah. far more than Soto envies the World Series trophy. Yeah. But Henry, you mentioned it. Won't be easy for Freeman to repeat with the guys he faces on a nightly basis. Do you know it is easy? Podcasting with Anchor. Uh, we've got on with players for a while. Let's pick some di- divisions. We start with my personal favorite, the AL East. Henry, give me some hope. No chance the Red Sox win this year, right? Uh, if you're looking for hope from a Pirates fan, you're not going to get any. <laughs> I think, look, I like what the Blue Jays have been doing. I like. I still think the Rays are a team that can be be some trouble. But if you're telling, if anyone is telling me, if they look at that Yankees lineup and look at that Yankees uh, rotation and bullpen and say that fully healthy squad isn't going to win the AL East and be number one in the AL, get out of my sight, you're a fool. Because that Yankees team from top to bottom went fully healthy. And that's the key, folks. Health. Yankees have been known the past couple of years to not stay healthy. Aaron Judge and Giancarlo have been suffering through injuries multiple past seasons. But when they're in, they're studs. They're incredible. But that's discounting even Luke Voigt, Glaber Torres, DJ LeMahieu, who almost won MVP last year. Clint Frazier's even coming up and being a great left fielder. Aaron Hicks. About time. Yeah, Aaron Hicks a little bit ago was one of the best center fielders in the game. He still is a great player. He led the American League in walk rate. He's still a great guy that can get on base. And even Gio Urshela, the guy who came out of nowhere in 2019. I think, and with, if Tyone and Kluber can stay healthy and throw up a nice, like, 350 ERA, and with Garrett Cole being brilliant, and with a bullpen like the Yankees have, Yankees should win this division, and it should not be close. The key is health. The key is absolutely health. health. That is no doubt. over the past three seasons, the Yankees have not proven to me that they can stay fully healthy for a 162-game season, and... With the questions, oh stop! I see you rolling your eyes. With the questions about their rotation, like Severino, Tyon, and Kluber pitched one inning all together last year. Mm -hmm. Those are three guys you're relying on to be postseason starters down the line. It's risky. It really is. I I think that I'm that high on the Toronto Blue Jays team to the point where I have them winning the AL East. I think the Rays. 
made horrific mistakes by letting go of both Snell and Morton. They don't beat the Yankees last season without them. I think they don't beat the Blue Jays last season without them. Plain and simple. I mean, yeah, I'm that high on the Blue Jays that I have them winning the division. Factoring in the fact that the Yankees probably won't stay healthy the whole season. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take time for Kluber, Ty, and Severino to get their form back. And Severino doesn't even come back till June. Yeah. Let's let's go back, turn back the clock a little bit. Remember 2019 when the Yankees were basically a morgue. They got injuries everywhere. But you know what? That didn't matter for them. That, it didn't that, matter that, at did, all. It mattered last year. It did. They made the playoffs. They didn't. They didn't go to the. They didn't win the division. Yes. Yeah, so they made the playoffs. They didn't win the division. And they embarrassed. They wouldn't have. They, they wouldn't, embarrassed no, no. Shane Bieber. They wouldn't have made the playoffs if it weren't for the expanded format. Uh, no. Yeah, they were the five seed. No, only because it was messed up format. So they had. So it was the top two. Top two division winners in the first six seeds. The White Sox had a better record than the Yankees last year, but because of how it was formatted. The White Sox were the seventh seed, and the Yankees were the five. Well, yes, the format was definitely very odd, but we—I don't like to get into hypotheticals about it. I really don't, because that's just like it—it it happened. That's, Would the Astros have made the playoffs last year if it weren't for the uh, expanded format? Absolutely not. But they made it far, and they were impressive down in the postseason. But I still think the Yankees are gonna, because we forget Luis Severino. I—I I don't know how you feel about Luis Severino. I know you're a big boss. No, fan. no, no. Are you serious? Yes, I don't like him. Why? Why? He, Terrible in the postseason. So? That doesn't matter. What do you mean, so it doesn't matter? It's lit- He's a god. He, he's not a god. He's a pitcher. Again. And when and you know how you get to the postseason? You play well in the regular season. And that's what Luis Severino has done in his house. In a franchise like the Yankees, you can't rely on regular season stats. It's all about the postseason. Now, okay, look. In the postseason, look, postseason is not everything, folks. Let me tell you. <sighs> I can probably. It most definitely is everything. No, it's not. It most certainly is. Clayton Kershaw was the best pitcher of the 2010s, no doubt in my mind. So what? He did terrible in the postseason. And that's what he was remembered for until 2020. That doesn't matter. He was still the best pitcher in baseball. He was still the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah, that's shot. Whatever. I'm not wrong. And it doesn't matter. Luis Severino was top three in Cy Young voting in 2018, he was top uh, 10 in 2019. He's he was been, top 10 in 2019. He only played like a month of the season. So No, he played 100. Oh, you know, wait. No, oh, my mistake. I sorry, I apologize. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, no. It was 2017 and 2018 were the years that he pitched well. 2017 where he finished top three in Cy Young voting. 2018 is when he finished top 10. Look, Luis Severino went healthy and back to health. He's going to be a good pitcher in the regular season. And that's how you get to the postseason. The postseason is a complete crapshoot. It is... It's a complete crapshoot. I love. I understand that you're a Pirates fan. I don't know what it's like to actually win in the postseason. It's and a that's, complete crapshoot. But pitchers, but legends are made in the postseason. Steve Pierce is a legend in Boston for that remarkable postseason run he had in 2018. Nathan Avaldi is a legend in Boston for that six-inning performance in Game Three of the World Series, even though we lost that game. Luis Severino is not a legend in New York yet for his oh-so-remarkable po- regular season performances. Yeah, he's still a good pitcher. You can't tell me he's not a good pitcher. That's like saying your Clayton Kershaw's a bad pitcher because he pitches bad in the postseason. I never said he was a bad pitcher. I'm not saying that, but like if you're saying Luis Severino is not good because he doesn't pitch well in the postseason, we also don't know what what he's going to be. That's like, totally fair. We also that's don't. Totally we also fair. don't know what Chris Sale is going to be. That's totally fair. I totally respect that. But to say Luis Severino hasn't been good, we've seen. There's evidence that Luis Severino has been a good pitcher. I'm saying that if he's healthy and back to his form. 
We'll see. And granted, if you have question marks, that's totally fair. I have lots of question marks. But but, but don't tell me he wasn't a good pitcher before the injury. He was totally a good pitcher before I mean, the injury. It may be biased speaking, but I've just got the Blue Jays, plain and simple. I, I, think... I have questions with the Blue Jays' bottom half of the rotation. They also lost Kirby Yates for the whole season. He is now... Oh, yeah, that is a big loss. That's a big loss. They, they were relying on him to be the closer. And I was excited to see Luis Severino... I mean, Kirby Yates. I'm so sorry. I'm really tired, folks. But uh, I was excited to see Kirby Yates, but he's out for the whole season. And also, I have questions about Nate Pearson. I have questions about Anthony Kay. Robbie Ray is now their number two pitcher. And he was terrible in Arizona. Absolutely abysmal. He's not good. He, Hyunjin Ryu is a definitely underappreciated pitcher, and he's going to obviously be great. But like you said, pitching is important. And I don't. I, I have question marks about how just good these guys can be. And as for your slip up, you're tired. We've been yelling at each other for 36 minutes <laughs> and still have a lot of content to get through. Yeah. So we can have the little slip up every once in a while. Yeah, don't my, worry about my it. My apologies. You're good. All right. Uh, we're moving on to the AL Central. You want to go there? Let's do it. All right. It was one of the more competitive divisions last year. However, with Francisco Lindor out of Cleveland and the White Sox are missing Eloy Jimenez for potentially the whole season, it could be Minnesota Minnesota's to lose. Liam, is it? I was very high on this White Sox team, and then I saw that Jimenez is going to be out for the vast majority of the regular season, and that, I think, is going to give the Bomb squad the time they need to get a good lead in the division mm-hmm. and keep it. Look, if Jimenez were healthy... This would undoubtedly be the White Sox division to lose, plain and simple. But the truth of the matter is, he's not. And you can say whatever you want about this their postseason play, but in the past two regular seasons, the Twins have balled out. I mean, no doubt. It's. I think Josh Donaldson needs to be the postseason hero for them, if you will, mm-hmm. when that time comes around. Nelson Cruz at 41 years young, still bombing the ball out of the ballpark. Then you've got young guys like... Polanco, Rosario, Kepler, all beasts. And then you've got Burrios and Maeda. I know I bashed on them a little bit earlier, but they're still a pretty good one-two combo. Give me the Twins to win the AL Central. I, only because Jimenez will be hurt. I think it, even with Jimenez being, uh, like, if he, I don't like to play hypotheticals, but I still thought this was going to be a tight division regardless. I, oh. still, I still absolutely love the Minnesota Twins. The question for them will be some of their aging stars because – Nelson Cruz has had a remarkable tenure in Minnesota. Josh Donaldson still producing well. However, Josh Donaldson's 35, and Nelson Cruz just turned 40. Father time always gets the best of us. As much as Tom Brady makes us not believe that, it, it will come, father time comes for us all, and especially for athletes. So I don't know how they'll do, but I, I hope they do well. And I like the rest of the lineup, too. Andrelton Simmons is a very interesting pickup. He's going to provide incredible defense, moving Jorge Polanco to second base as well. I think their, their offense is still going to be good. The, I'd like to see Jay Happ and Michael Pineda see what they do. I like what Alex Colomay did. But if I had to pick one right now, I'm going to say really close. It's going to be close down to the wire, but I'll give it to the White Sox. Also, Jimenez is probably – it's. They just updated his injury status. It's going to be four to five months. Yes, that's a huge bulk of the season. But when it's down the stretch and it's going to be close, he could be a huge factor. And I love the, like I was saying earlier, Giolito, Lynn, and uh, Keuchel were awesome. They were incredible. Then they got the best closer last season in Liam Hendricks from the Oakland A's. He is a remarkable closer. 
I love all their whole pitching staff, or not whole pitching staff, but still, I like a lot of their pitching. And I also love to see uh, their hitting core with uh, Luis Robert. I'd love to see him get bounce off a great 2020 rookie season. Uh, I'd like to see Tim Anderson do good. Yasmani Grandel, I think, is one of the best catchers in the game. I think only behind JT Realmuto. Jose Abreu, as you were saying, is criminally underrated before last year, of course. And I'd like to see Yohan Moncada do a little bit better, and I think they will. So I'll take the White Sox winning maybe in the last week of September. Yeah, Liam Hendricks, remarkable on the mound. He's got an even more remarkable name. I'm sorry I had to throw that out there. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah it's going to be a close race, plain and simple. But at West, the Houston Astros had won the division for three years straight before the A's took the crown in 2020. However, Houston beat Oakland in the playoffs. Both teams have suffered big losses this year, and we didn't touch on this with Toronto earlier. Mm. Oakland lost Marcus Simeon yeah. to Toronto, and Absolutely. Houston obviously guy. lost George Springer to Toronto. So is this setting up for a grudge match at all, or are these losses too much to overcome? Man, the AL West is such – it's so weird to me. And also Simeon, the guy, I think he'll – he sucked – he had a pretty bad 2020. I think he'll bounce back with Toronto, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about the West. I'm going to give it to the Houston Astros. Losing Springer is really tough, and not having Verlander is also really tough. But I still love the fact that they brought back Michael Brantley. I still like Alex Bregman, Carlos Correa, and Jose Altuve all to have remarkable seasons. Uh, I'd like to see what uh, the some of the pitchers do, especially their bullpen. The Astros' bullpen was not pretty, but they were able to do enough to get the Astros all the way to the ALCS. I'm really excited to see Framber Valdez. Some of the stuff he's been throwing, especially in the postseason and in the regular season, was incredible. I'd just like to see the starters do a little bit better, especially like Urquidy and Javier. But you know Zach Granke is going uh, to be a stud because we don't really talk about much, but Zach Granke has a Hall of Fame resume. He's been one of the best pitchers of the past 10 years, and I, I think that will just be enough for the Astros to win the AL West again i disagree uh because valdez is going to be out for the foreseeable future and oh no what happened uh some with his arm i don't remember exactly what but i think one of the issues that's not being talked about enough around the baseball world is the cross cray extension talks right now yeah. how they're at a bit of a stall if you will yeah because they just can't seem to find an agreement playing soon but i I'm looking at this Angels team right now, adding Jose Quintana. They get a full season of Trout and Rendon together. Adding yeah. Dexter Fowler, I think that's an underrated signing, he, even though he's not what he used to be. He's still a very good outfielder, plain and simple. Kurt Suzuki, another underrated catcher. David Fletcher, still really good. And then hopefully we finally get a full season of Shohei Otani. Yeah. And I think that the Angels would have wasted that money on Albert Pools if they didn't get him to the playoffs in what may potentially be his final season. So, it's a hot take, but I like the Angels in this one. I really do. I think, I think that Mike Trout this offseason, he's been saying he's had enough, plain and simple. And he's been saying that he was terrible all last year. It's ridiculous. Well, according to according to Mike Trout, terrible is. Let's see here. Oh, a measly two eighty one batting average with a measly seventeen home runs and forty six RBIs over fifty three games played. Gee, that is so awful. He's that like, is so awful. Yeah, like I said, he's the best player in baseball. And Anthony Rendon, as well as one of the best third basemen, arguably the best third baseman in all the game. However, I am really, 
I'm concerned not about their lineup because I like bringing in Jose Iglesias. I like what Jared Walsh could be as the new first baseman. I like to see what Joe Adele does as well as the new prospect. Forgot for about him. Angel. But the Angels pitching has been absolutely It's abhorrent. not good. It's terrible. It's never been good with Mike Trout. It, it wasn't good in 20. That's why they should have made a bigger push for Bauer. Yeah, really or Garrett Cole. Yeah, really. They should have. And they haven't. It's not is, like they're a small market team either. It's not. They are in Los Angeles. They have the money to pull this off. But no, they can't get good pitching, which is something I may never forgive the Angels for because I love Mike Trout. I love watching Mike Trout. And... I, I just don't think the pitching's that good. I don't think Jose Quintana is good enough. I, I Dylan Bundy's good, and Shohei Otani. I love Shohei Otani. I love the fact that he's hitting and pitching. That's just something so unbelievably awesome. Something a lot of baseball fans grew up and died and never saw that. It's unbelievable to me, and we're seeing it now. He's trying. I know some people are like, "Oh, it's gonna eventually." He's either gonna choose hitting or pitching. I don't care. He's awesome, but. I don't think the pitching is nowhere near good enough to get the Angels into the postseason. And pitching really, really comes up big. Yeah, and we're seeing it. As we've talked about. We're seeing it in our freshman year of high school, too. Absolutely. Or college, excuse me. Yeah, and and we're all making making little slip-ups here and there. But... uh, yeah, I, I don't like the Angels to to win this division, and I sadly think they're going to waste another year of Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon. And it's that really unfortunate. sad to hear. It's a, it's a travesty, I think, and I just don't think the pitching's good enough to do it. All right, we are moving on to the NL East. It's been ultra-competitive lately. Some great off-season signings by everybody. We got Steven Strasburg is healthy again. He's back. The Mets added Francisco Lindor. The Braves are still an awesome team. Liam, it's a great division. Who do you think wins it? The Braves also got better. Yeah. They added Charlie Morton. We didn't touch on that earlier. Former Pirate. They added Charlie Morton, former Pirate, yeah. former Astro, former Ray. Big for them in their postseason run. And now he could be the missing piece for the Atlanta Braves. I, This should not be a com- conversation. The Atlanta Braves are going to win this division. As good as the Mets and Nationals are, I just think the Braves are a step above. Plain and simple. They're still really young, too. Albies and Acuna are still very young. Freeman coming off of the MVP season. The Atlanta Braves are winning this division. And Austin Riley, the catcher, too. The Braves are going to win this division. Uh, I don't know. It's gonna oh, be, no. I think no, the, no, 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 no. Come on. You're, you're not giving the Mets enough credit, I don't think. And I think the Mets, surprisingly, we haven't been saying this recently, the Mets have an incredible offense. The Mets have, we never say that about the Mets. If we look at the lineup, we have James McCann, a really underrated signing. I think people should talk about more because James McCann has been under the shadow of Yasmani Grandal the past, like, past season. He's an incredible catcher. Lindor's awesome. Brandon Nimmo doesn't get enough credit. Dominic Smith gets doesn't get enough credit. Pete Alonso is incredible. Lindor is just, I can go on for days about him. Michael Conforto, extremely underrated as well. I love their hitting lineup. And they're pitching as well. I think it would be just good enough. Just good enough. Barely. I'm not saying the Braves are going to be bad. I don't say that at all. I think it's going to be a super tight, competitive division. Both teams are going to win 90 games. But I think the Mets pitching might just edge them out. Maybe I'm saying that just because of Jacob DeGrom. But we also see uh, Trevor May was a great pickup by the Mets for as a relief pitching. And uh, I like what I saw some of David Peterson. I was very interested in that. While he is hurt right now, down the stretch, Carlos Carrasco could work wonders for that team. And I think that's another part of the Lindor trade that needs to get discussed more, is that it's 
I, he was fa- he was fantastic in Cleveland, like a lot of pitchers are. But I think Carrasco down the stretch could be key. I think the pitching could just be a just be a, not there. It's really it's. I don't know if which I don't know which pitching staff is better. It's hard to say, but it is going to be a close division race. But I might give it just to the Mets, just barely. I really like the Mets what they did in the offseason. So. Dude, come on. I mean, I got it wrong earlier. Austin Riley plays third base. Yeah. The Mets also have a fantastic catcher in Travis Darno, extremely underrated. Oh, yeah. And we're not even touching on another MVP candidate they had last year in Marcel Ozuna. I mean, this team is really, really stacked mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball, too. They have great hitters and great pitchers, something that the Mets and Mets and Nationals can say to a degree. Not to the degree that the Braves can say. I mean... This team might be the most stacked in the NL other than the Dodgers. Yeah. Dare I say it. I, I I totally fair. I totally hear you. There are some questions, though. Mike Soroka, I do love Mike Soroka, but he is coming back from an Achilles injury. That, oh, but that's, that's, a, why, that's why they signed Morton. That's why they signed Morton. That's why they signed Morton, but Charlie Morton isn't getting any younger. He's starting to get He's up. gotten better with age. Are you kidding me? Well, that's, well he, he, he had some little struggles in 2020, just a little, but uh, I do think, and also with Max Freed, it's very interesting because... He increased his walks and lowered his strikeouts, but somehow his ERA got better. That is something you don't see very often. And granted, that's a very that happens with that. That's what happens when you have a good defense behind you. That that is. And but the Braves and Mets are both. They I think they would have wanted a universal DH because while people overblow Marcelo Zuna's defense, it's still below average. It's not like it's nothing to marvel and gaze at. But is also his offense. His offense was incredible in 2020. He was the best, one of the best hitters in the game last year. But do I think he's going to repeat that performance? No, I don't. I do. I still think he's going to be a great player for the Braves, a great key depth piece. But I don't know. I just I have a feeling about the Mets. I, I, I it's going to be close. I do both think these both teams are going to have high 90s wins. I really do. And I think just maybe the Mets are going to squeak it out. It's going to be close. Like I said. But I still love you. You're wrong. You're I, wrong. You You're can't wrong. say that. It's You're wrong. It, You're wrong. It's 162 You're games, wrong. Liam. You can't. You can't Braves do. are the better team. But yeah. I know I'm not changing your mind. You're not changing mine. Now let's do Henry's favorite division. The NL Central is Pittsburgh Pirates. I think, Henry, I think this is the worst division in baseball. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. So no do doubt. the Pirates have a shot in there? Um, It's the worst division. And I'll tell you this. I at least I'm confident in my team to win at least one game. <laughs> I'm confident in my team to win at least one game. We are the worst team in the worst division. The fact that the Pirates are not even going to come close to even sniffing the division, it is not like and look, I I I like rooting for my teams. There is nothing good about this Pirates team, everybody. They are abysmal. They are a joke. <laughs> they have been so miserable the past couple of years. And you know what? They were the worst team in baseball last year, and they got rid of pieces and got worse. <laughs> they won 19 games last year and got worse. They are going to be so bad. And I, I hope that, honestly, kind of am embracing the tank a little bit. I'm excited. Whoever we get from one of the two Vanderbilt pitchers, Kumar Rocker or Jack Leiter, they both look awesome. So I'm excited to pick one of them up. And then probably the year after that's going to be like Elijah Green or something. But I don't know. It, I it sucks. It's miserable. But I, I hope we get the best draft picks possible because we're going to be bad. It's going to be a long, long rebuild for the Pirates. And it's just unfortunate because even if they do rebuild, I don't have faith in ownership to spend money. 
They, they they never spend, and they don't have an analytical mind that every other baseball organization has that is literally leading the game to where it is today. That's how you win games. And they just they laugh at this stupid advanced Like, they're like, oh, advanced analytics are stupid. But then they finish last place. That's why they're last place. They were run by fools. The owner never spends. And then they sent all my childhood heroes away. You at least got with Mookie Betts. At least Mookie Betts gave you a World Series. Andrew McCutcheon is my favorite player of all time. I still root for him on the Phillies. I love Andrew McCutcheon. But the best thing they ever did for me was win a wild card game. <laughs> and look, Mariners fans have had it worse. Great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's been miserable. It's going to be miserable. They're going to suck. But if I... Okay, I'll stop talking about Pirates because I could, I could... You could go on for hours. I could go on for hours and I don't have the time. It's twelve twenty-two uh, yeah. on Tuesday morning. Yeah, I will say I like what the St. Louis Cardinals have been doing. I I think it's going to be close between the Cardinals and Brewers. They're going whoever wins that's going to be the three seed in the National League playoffs. But I do like the Cardinals. I think their pitching will be just good enough, and I like some of their offensive pieces to bounce back. Tommy Edmond had a pretty bad twenty twenty. I think he can bounce back and be a good player using some of that Cardinals devil magic. Uh, but uh, also Paul DeYoung, Paul Goldschmidt, losing Colton Wong sucks. That really, that hurts. Tyler O'Neill's a great corner outfield. And I'm excited as a prospect, as a guy we haven't been talking about much for Rookie of the Year, is Dylan Carlson. He has been a phenomenal prospect in the Cardinals system, and I think this year is where he really takes a step up. So I'm going to say the Cardinals, but uh, again, a lot of these division races are going to be close, and I also really like the Brewers a lot. Liam, how do you feel about it? I've also got the Cardinals winning this division. It's because of a guy you didn't mention. He's a 6'2", 250-pound, age 29 third baseman by the name of Nolan Arenado. How did you forget him? Not forgetting. I was waiting to hear from you. I mean, the Cardinals and Cubs were super close last year, Yeah. and and I think the Cubs are going to get worse this year with the whole Rizzo and Bryant situation. Not looking good for them right now at all. So, that being said... Give me the Cardinals. I just think yeah. they're going to be better this year. I, I Plain so, and simple. Yeah, I'm saving Arenado for you. Don't worry. I didn't forget about it. Oh, you're so kind. You're I so know. kind. But, yeah, yeah. I, we're in agreement. Yeah. I, the Cardinals are going to win the decision. It yeah. may be a little more competitive than people think. Yeah. I, the Cardinals are the best thing. I, I think they're uh, – look, the Reds and Cubs are definitely the two, the three and four in that division, but they could get hot. Like, the Reds were really – their bats struggled, but I think they're better than people think they are. I still, Joey Votto's declining, yes, but I still like Eugenio Suarez. I like what Shogo Akiyama did later in the season. Mike Moustakis is still there. I like uh, Senzel and Winker. They've been both incredible. It's just, I don't think their pitching is, like, especially some of the back end of their bullpen, and there's their hitting overall is still not as good as, say, the Cardinals or yeah, the Brewers. Yeah. The Brewers as well. They have a great bullpen, some pretty good starters in uh, Woodruff and Corbin Burns. The bullpen guys are Josh Hader and Devin Williams. Devin Williams is the best changeup in baseball, according yeah, to run yeah. value last year. And they still have Christian Yelich and an incre- a pretty good lineup, including JBJ. Sorry Thank about you. that. <laughs> I had to get that in. It's okay. It's okay. And with the Cubs as well, I think Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, all had some, both had some down years. But I think they can bounce back. I think their hitting core can be pretty good. And if Jock Peterson can do what uh, Kyle Schwarber was doing... I think there's a chance the Cubs could be a little bit better, but unfortunately, their bullpen isn't good. They don't have enough starters to be good. I like Zach Davies and Kyle Hendricks, but the rest of the starters aren't really promising to me. Their bullpen is not promising to me, so 
I'm gonna take the Cardinals. I'll take Cardinals, then Brewers, Cubs, Reds, Pirates, and Pirates I think are, I think we're in agreement. I think we're in agreement. Yeah, yeah, that's first. Uh, what is it? Uh, let's see. Um, NL West season, yeah, baby. NL West, baby. Let's go. What do you think? Okay, people are so high on the Padres. It's unbelievable. I love them. I love I the mean, Padres, but I mean, I think they're I I think they're going a little too high on it though. In my opinion, this is still far and away the Dodgers division to lose because an already elite team. Got that much better with Trevor Bauer. They're also getting David Price back. Not in the same capacity we thought he'd be. They're still getting David Price back. Plain and simple. I don't think this should be a comp, a, comp, uh, a conversation. The Dodgers are winning this division. Granted, I, the Potters are still very good, mm-hmm. but the Dodgers are winning this division. See, what I think is is that right now, the three best teams in baseball, if we did it by tiers, there's a tier one, the best of the best. It is, I think, the Dodgers, Padres, and Yankees. The Padres definitely belong in that tier because they already had the second best record in baseball behind the Dodgers last year, and the Padres also got a lot better, adding Blake Snell, adding you Darvish. And they already had a great lineup with Tatis, Machado, Cronenworth was a pleasant surprise, Trent Grisham, Will Myers, also a great bullpen guy, Drew Pom- uh, Pomeranz, excuse me. Oh, I miss him. Yeah. However, this is still the Dodgers league. This is still the Dodgers division. They got even better. They were on pace to win over 110 games, and then they added the Cy Young Award winner. Like, they are the best team in baseball, bar none, so they are definitely going to win the NL West. It is going to be the Dodgers, then the Padres. It's probably maybe the top two records in all baseball. I think if the Yankees stay, like I said earlier, the Yankees staying healthy, they will be in contention for the best record in the game. But right now, it might just be the Padres and Dodgers, and I am so, so pumped to watch Padre-Dodger games late at night. <laughs> yeah, that no, that will be something else. All right. Let's make some postseason predictions. Oh, boy. Thank God MLB is returning to its normal five-team yeah. per league format this season. I think I speak for everyone when I say thank God. We've done division winners. Let's start out with the wild card, wild card game, Henry. Starting in the AL, we can keep it simple. Who's playing? Who's winning? Go. Jeez, this is hard because it's one game for 162. But I'm going to say with – I'll say the White Sox win the AL Central. So I'll have the Twins in there. And I don't know. I'll pick either Blue Jays or Rays. Uh, you know the answer. You know the answer. I'll, I guess I'll pick the Blue Jays. There you go. I still like the Rays a lot. I really do. They still have their whole World Series lineup. They, they, they lost some starters that were crucial, but they still have a phenomenal bullpen. But I'll pick the Blue Jays just, just for you, Liam. And it'll be Twins, Blue Jays. And boy, that's just going to be a toughie. If I had to go one-on-one, if we're looking at the pitching matchup in that game, it would be Maeda versus Hyunjin Ryu, probably. I'd take Hyunjin Ryu. He's awesome. He's been one of the more under, like truly underrated baseball pitchers in the past couple seasons. So I'll take the Blue Jays just barely squeaking by and maybe in an extra inning affair just to continue Ooh. the Twins' uh, postseason ineptitude. So we'll get into the Twins' postseason ineptitude later because I have them winning the division. But my wild card game, I've got the New York Yankees. Even though they're going to be injured like half the year, they're still going to make the playoffs hands down. Now I've got the Chicago White Sox. Even without Eloy, they're still a talented team. They're going to make the playoffs. But uh, Yankee Stadium in the playoffs, even though the Red Sox begged to differ from a few years ago, it's still a very tough atmosphere. Very hard. Uh, and the White Sox are young. They've never played in a postseason game with fans. Which And God willing, by early October, we'll have significant crowds in ballparks. Assuming America continues to get vaccinated. Yeah. Give me 
the Yankees by a score of 8-1. to one, I think they're just going to run the White Sox out of the building. Absolutely. I completely agree, though. I do have the Yankees at 1, so I don't even think they'll be in that position. But I would comp- win this specific ins- instance. I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, with the uh, division series now. Or, uh-uh. or no, and a wild card. Excuse me. There my, you go. My mistake. So, right now, uh, I have my picks. What Liam, what do you have? So, I've got the Padres and Mets playing the game. They're mm-hmm. second in their division to two great teams. So, you look at the pitching matchup. You've got Snell versus DeGrom, or maybe Darvish, I don't know, but this game is going to be as tight-knit as it can possibly be, and it's going to come down to who has home field advantage, and that will be the San Diego Padres. Give me San Diego to take it by a score of 3-2. to two. Give me Tatis with the winning hit. I know, I think people need to hold the hype a little bit, but I know Anthony Alant will be beyond thrilled to hear me say that. Yeah, Tatis is... So, he's so good. Such a joy to watch. Such a joy. And I think he's worth the money that he is. He's incredible. And you know what? He probably is going to be the face of baseball. As good as Mike Trout is, I still think he's good. Fernando Tatis with the personality and just the beautiful highlights that he has, he's going to be the face of baseball. For me in the wild card game, though, I have the, since it's the Braves, it's going to be Braves Mets. It's going to be tricky, but I'll get, I'll take the Padres over the Braves. It's good. It's and I think and look, I really like the Braves. No. I, I I really like, but just the NL has some gr- really top heavy teams, and I might I think the Braves are going to be victim to that. So I you really, think a team that got better is going to go out in the wild card game after coming within one win of the World Series? Grant, that is a bold take. It, it look, Charlie Morton's not getting any younger. It's he's also going to only be their fourth starter. So even if like that goes to show how good their putting pitching is. Absolutely, absolutely. But if we're going, if I'm putting them in a wild card game, then he's not going to be pitching. It's going to probably be Max Freed and and Max Freed against a dominant lineup like the Padres. With a guy like either you Darvish or Blake Snell, I'll pick the Padres on that. I still, again, I'm not a Braves hater. I still like the Braves a lot. You it's seem just, like a Braves hater today. I, I'm not. I'm not. I just really like the rest of the like top heavy teams in the National League. Okay. Okay. I disagree. Yeah. Now we get into the division series. These matchups are our best of five format. So Henry, you've got two division series for each league. Let's start in the AL. What are your matchups? Who you got winning them? So, I said the Blue Jays will barely, barely squeak by the uh, Twins, which will make me make me obviously say that they'll face off against the Yankees. I think the Yankees will take care of business pretty easy. I think they are just so much, so much better than the Blue Jays, just top to bottom. So especially if they're healthy by the postseason, they're going to be dominant. And then uh, with uh, White Sox and Astros, it's going to be interesting, but pitching is really important, and I don't like the bullpen of the Astros against the bullpen of the White Sox. I think the White Sox are going to make a huge step forward this year, and I think they'll make it to the ALCS. All right, so I've got the Yankees playing the Twins. I think the Twins are going to have the best record in the AL this year, and then I've got the Blue Jays and the Angels. You think the Twins are, huh? I do, and but that's not going to matter because the Yankees are going to sweep the Twins. <laughs> Plain and simple. Yeah. It, hates, it, oh, pay, it kills me to say that, but if you factor in the Twins' recent postseason history, combined with the fact that the Yankees will presumably be healthy come playoff time, and that they're experienced with winning in the postseason, even though they haven't gone to the World Series yet, more on that later, mm-hmm. they're just not going to... The Twins don't stand a chance. As for the Blue Jays and the Angels, I think, it, I think that the Blue Jays' experience in the ALDS last year or wildcard series, excuse me, will help them here. That's why I've got the Blue Jays winning in four. They're just simply more experienced, and that is the truth of the matter. So, 
Give me the Blue Jays. All right, that's totally fair. All right, on to the NL side of things. Uh, Liam, what are your NLDS matchups looking like? So I've got Dodgers, Padres, and Braves, Cardinals. I'll start with Braves, Cardinals because that's easy. The Braves are going to sweep the Cardinals in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They're just a better team, plain and simple. This isn't 2019 when the Cardinals beat the Braves in five games. The Braves are much better now. Give me the Braves to sweep them. As for the Dodgers and the Padres, I mean, I don't want the Dodgers to win again, but they're going to win again. Give me the Dodgers in four games. I think that either Snell or Darvish gets them a win, but give me the Dodgers in four. The Padres, I think the Padres and Braves are both victims of circumstance because they have two really good teams in front of them. And I think the Padres-Dodgers, I completely agree. I think the Dodgers will show just their superiority. With Mets-Cardinals, I'll just say the Mets uh, move on to the uh, NLCS. I don't think the Cardinals are good enough to match up against the Mets' offense. And I think some of the Mets' pitching as well will be better than some people believe. Uh, Let's get into the championship series. Last year's ALCS almost saw a comeback from a 3-0 deficit. Which has only happened once. Henry, I can't imagine this year's will be as dramatic as last. But nonetheless, I've got Blue Jays, Yankees. You've got White Sox, Yankees. Who you got? Yankees. Yankees. Boo! Boo all you want. But the Yankees, the AL, it's weird because now the NL is the better league. I think the National League is better than the American League. The American League is real, it's top heavy. And I think there's only one team at the top, and that's the Bronx Bombers. I think. The White Sox are going to surprise a lot of people by making it to the ALCS, but I think the Yankees have been biding their time. They've been waiting. It's their time. I think they're going to move on to the World Series as AL pennant champs. Um, well, we said the same thing last year, but that's a discussion for another time. Okay, so, so, yeah, so, so let me talk. Yeah. Let me talk. So, the Yankees looked like the better team than the Rays on paper last year, right? Mm-hmm. Well, because the Yankees have been dealing with injuries all year, the Rays were able to pull out the division win. Mm-hmm. I think that came back to bite the Yankees when they matched up with the Rays in the postseason, mm-hmm. and the Rays were able to eke out a Game 5 victory to send the Yankees home. Mm-hmm. The Blue Jays are going to do the same mm-hmm. in Game 7. Plain and simple. I think that Toronto will have home field advantage by this point. Hopefully, the border issue will be, will be able to go into Canada by then, so we can have a packed Rogers Center for Game 7. And I think that home crowd is just going to hoist them to victory. I mean, as 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 big of a home state field advantage as Yankee Stadium is in the playoffs, I mean, there isn't much like it. Home field is home field, plain and simple. That's why I think the Blue Jays win it. Pitching is pitching. The Yankees had to go up against some uh, a Cy Young winner in Blake Snell, uh, probably a future Cy Young winner in Tyler Glass now. They had some incredible pitching. I don't. Have, I don't think the Yankees if, pitching can keep up with Toronto sitting. I don't think. Uh, but you're telling me that uh, Nate Pearson is gonna. Nate Pearson is gonna be the one that can. Stop I've been the making Yankees. hot takes all episode. Don't act so surprised. I, I, that's shocking to me that you think that the the Yankees lineup, top to bottom, you think Toronto's pitching can take care of business against it. How I think Toronto's pitching can handle the Yankees to a certain is. degree. Not now all. they're not gonna shut them out every game by any means. But that being said, I think New York's pitching has just as many, if not more, question marks as Toronto's does. I think. Well, they're more proven. They have question marks of if they can come back. Well, the like cor- their bullpen the, is decimated, though. I mean, Ottavino could be a bigger loss than they realize. Chad Green is still a great. Bullpen Chad Green guy. is overrated. Chad Green is very good. You Chad Green that's is overrated. Wrong. That's wrong. Chad Green is really good. He has been a good bullpen guy for the Yankees. He does. He is a setup guy. He's been a great setup guy. Not in the postseason. That does. Uh, 
again, it's not all about postseason. Postseason. Is, We're talking about the postseason right here, right I now. I understand, but it's a the postseason is one of the more random events all season. So you do, it just it's not like it, it mo, like there. Everyone likes to talk about oh the play, they succumb to the pressure. It's it really it's a, all was one sample. It's one thing. It can happen. It's like with stats. Like uh, once it like it's with a dice roll. It's one sixth. You get a one. And that, and if you get three ones in a row, what's the probability you get a one again? It's one six. Every year, it's the same. Just based on the results we have from for like the like previous years, Corey Kluver and Jameson Tyone, if they're healthy, they can they they'll be great. They'll be great. Corey Kluver has proven it. And but with Toronto, we're asking, are they going to be good? We haven't seen them be good in the major leagues. We haven't seen Anthony Kay. We haven't seen Nate Pearson. We also just saw Robbie Ray pitch terribly again, small sample size, and we also have a, some bullpen questions. I think the like just the questions around Toronto are bigger just because of the fact that we haven't seen them pitch like actually well. We've seen the Yankees pitch well before, so I think the Yankees in this instance would beat Toronto pretty soundly. Well, who knows? It may be biased talking. I really, <laughs> I really don't know. Yeah, I really do, but. On that, I am high on the Blue Jays, plain and simple, as the mic comes crashing down. Only with two topics left. It's okay. We'll keep going. NLCS, baby. NLCS. I'll have Dodgers-Mets, and I have the Dodgers. The Dodgers are just too good for the Mets. I like the Mets to make great strides this year. I really do. But I really... I, I got to say it, I absolutely just, how can you not love everything about the Dodgers lineup and from the rotation to the bullpen, just to everything about them. They're run by a phenomenal manager in Dave Roberts. He doesn't get enough credit, I think, as he should. Because of his postseason struggles. Again, that's, that's not everything. That's why he didn't, that's why he was, there were questions about him being fired after 2019, because he didn't win in the if postseason. If they fired him, that would have been one of the most inane and just quick jump idiot moves of all time. Okay. And see, what what and what and happened the next year? He won the postseason. With Mookie Betts. So? They were still... So? On, they still were a 106-win baseball team. They still were good. They still had, like, if Mookie Betts didn't come to that team, weren't you still going to say the Dodgers were going to be the one of the better teams, if not the best teams? I wasn't. I sure as heck wouldn't say they were going to win the World Series. Uh, okay, fine. Uh, but uh, D- Dave Roberts is an incredible manager. He has proven it year in and year out since he joined the Dodgers in 2016. And I just and I just think he'll be much better than the, uh, the Mets and just the whole team. All right, well, I've got the Dodgers and the Braves playing again. It's not going to be as dramatic as this past year. Give me the Dodgers in six, mm-hmm. plain and simple. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just a better team, plain and simple. That's, this isn't a knock on the Braves. Yeah. They're really, really good. Yeah. Give me the Dodgers in six. Absolutely. All right. We well, are, last but yeah. certainly not least, Finally. World Series. Yeah. Many magical moments have happened in recent World Series. Naming them all. Brett Phillips' walk-off, Howie Kendrick's go-ahead in Game 7. Sales sucking out Machado on one need and 18. The Cubs finally breaking the curse and 16. And so many more. Henry, you've got Dodgers Yankees. I've got Dodgers Blue Jays. Who wins? Dodgers. Dodgers. They're the best team in baseball. I agree. It's chalk. I, I'm a very chalk. I, I'll be pretty chalk in predictions like these. But am I, I'm chalk for a reason. They are the repeat champions. Again, they got better. They got better with Trevor Bauer. And having David Price and Tony Gonsolin throw in the bullpen when you have a guy like Dustin May who throws fireball after fireball you have Walker Bueller you have Trevor Bauer you have Clayton Kershaw Clayton Kershaw is out of his prime but 
He's still of, really good. But out of his prime, Clayton Kershaw is still better than nearly all of the pitchers in baseball. He's still he is the greatest pitcher of this past generation. There's no doubt in my mind when I say that, and he keeps proving it. Even when he would struggle in the postseason in 2017, he sent the Dodgers to the World Series in Game Five against the Cubs. He's still a good postseason pitcher. He was crucial in 2020, and I think. The Dodgers are just too much. Uh, and the Yankees are really good. I think they're a great baseball team. The Dodgers are better. The Dodgers are the best team in baseball. They're going to win. Yeah, they're going to make it easy against Toronto, too. I've got the Dodgers winning the series in five games. But no I, just don't, I don't think anybody can keep up with this team. Nope, no I really, I, I, I really, really don't. Agree. I really, really don't. I think the Dodgers are the best team in baseball, and it's not going to be. It's, it is uh, undisputed. It's unfair. That's what it's it unfair, too. It's, it just makes me upset. Now, I know, like. When ba- when the news came out that Bauer signed with the Dodgers, Anthony Alain, who's been on the show multiple times, texted me with outrage because he was just not happy. I mean, yeah. that's how unfair it is, plain yeah. and simple. It's cr- yeah, it's unbelievable, man. But uh, yeah, that that is all for it, folks. Uh, 2021 predictions are in. With that, we all, that's all we have. I'm Henry O'Brien. I'm Liam Griffin. I'd like to thank Henry for being my guest today, and thank you for tuning in. Thanks for sticking with us through a long episode yeah. on a Wednesday, too. Be sure to give this podcast a follow on Instagram at Folko Press Podcast and on Twitter at Full CP Podcast. That's F U L L C P Podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, shoot, shoot the podcast or DM or shoot me a DM. Please, please, please stay healthy, wash your hands, be safe, be positive, and get vaccinated when it's your turn. New York, all, resident, all residents eligible a week from today. Looking ahead, our busy month of March comes to a close today. We will still have an Elite 8 recap slash Final Four preview coming out this Saturday, as well as a championship preview coming out the day after Easter, Monday, that is April, jeez, that's April 